Hey there, Sports History fan. Arnie Chapman here from the Sports History Network. Now, before you jump into this episode, I wanted to share with you an exciting giveaway we have going on with Homefield Apparel. We have a digital $50 gift card to homefieldapparel.com for one lucky fan of the Sports History Network. All you got to do is head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways to sign up. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. The Rose Bowl. The game that inspired the college football bowl season has a long and storied history. The stadium itself is 100 years old, and in celebration of it, Pigskin Dispatch is assembling some of the top historians and authors to share the memories, people, and events that make the granddaddy of them all the special game that it is. Enjoy this Rose Bowl memory from pigskindispatch.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes with pigskindispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal of puzzle football history. And we are talking about the Rose Bowl this month and the history of the great game and all the aspects and people around it. And uh, we have a, a very knowledgeable historian and author who's uh, written a couple books on football and some have some Rose Bowl information in it. And that's Timothy P. Brown of Football Archaeology. Tim Brown, welcome back to the Pigpen. Hey, Darren. Thank you. I hope... Uh... Neither you nor your listeners are bored out of their minds or tired of listening to me. But hey, let's give it a shot and see see what we can, uh, <laughs> what kind of punishment we can put them through. Hey, there. Uh, the alternative is they'd be listening to me, and they listen to me every day of the of the year. So <laughs> they they it's a refreshing to get another voice uh, that's much more knowledgeable than I am, and uh, especially about this history of the Rose Bowl. Uh, you've been on a couple times talking about some some great Rose Bowl aspects, and uh, you have a great topic tonight as we're going to go into the 1920s and uh, talk about some Rose Bowl there. Yeah. Uh... So we're, I guess we're going to chat a bit about the, the 1920 Rose Bowl, uh, which ultimately was played by, um, by Harvard and Oregon. And so, you know, I kind of touched on this in the past, but, um, you know, this is still in the period where what we now call the Ivies, um, you know, that league didn't form till like 1953, but the, um, you know, Brown had been in the 16 Rose Bowl, then Penn in 17. We had the two Warriors, and now uh, all of a sudden Harvard is playing in 19 in the 1920 game. And so, you know, um, it kind of follows, you know, this obviously 1920 fo- followed the Warriors, right? But you know that that had a couple of implications. You know, one was just that. Um, you know, there had been two years where a lot of college students had either volunteered or been drafted and had entered the military. And then all those guys mustered out and were back on campus. So, you know, there was a lot of talent on the 1920 teams or a lot of competition for spots because you kind of had six years worth of players on 
on you know what would normally be a four-year team. Um, so just in general, you know, it was quite a uh, quite a um, quite a competitive time, um, and you know, you had on on you know both teams. A lot of these guys were um, had been in the military, so uh, the everybody on the Harvard team that year had been in uniform in 19 during the 1918 season. Now, some of them were on campus at, you know, in an SATC role, but there are a bunch of others that served overseas. Uh, their captain, Bill Murray was an ensign on the, the USS San Diego that was uh, either hit a minor was torpedoed off of long Island and sunk, you know, so, you know, a lot of these guys are guys who had been through some things and even the coaches, you know, three of the Harvard coaches were, uh, were veterans and had been over, you know, in France. So you got a lot of things like that going on. Um, the, it was also, you know, 1919 was the, the 50th season. Well, I guess it was 51st season of, you know, football, um, assuming that you, if you accept that the, uh, Princeton, uh, Rutgers game was the first football game. So, uh, well, maybe, maybe we'll just say it's the 51st season of organized intercollegiate athletics. How's that sound? <laughs> this might be better. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so anyways, you know, uh, Harvard, uh, goes through and, you know, has a successful season. Um, and you know, they get and, and, uh, take their, take an invitation, you know, accept the invitation to, to play. Um, and they end up meeting an Oregon team that um, I said in you know, some of the earlier episodes, especially the one about the, about the, you know, World War One Rose Bowls. There are a lot of guys who played for Oregon who were on either Camp Lewis or the two Mare Island teams. And so, um, some of these guys, um, there are two or three, uh, maybe even, you know, four guys who were on three separate Rose Bowl teams or who played in three Rose Bowls because they played in the 17 Oregon game. They, they played in either 18 or 19 on one of the military teams. Then they were back on at Oregon in 20 or for the 20 Rose Bowl. Right. Um, and you know, three of, three of Oregon starters that year, um, in, in the 20 Rose Bowl were start started in 17 Rose Bowl. And then four of their um, four of their starters had been in the Rose Bowl before. Right. Uh, either, either with the military team or with, with uh, Oregon. So anyways, you know, both teams, you know, pretty experienced groups of guys, you know, guys who had been through some things. Um, so it's just, a, you know, an unusual uh, set of circumstances, but um you know, the game itself, um, Harvard was, um, you know, kind of the, anybody who watched the game would have come away saying, you know, Harvard was the more powerful team. They were the bigger team, uh, but they just, um, they looked a bit ponderous. You know, they just, they, they weren't, uh, they weren't in the same kind of shape as, as Oregon was. Um, but unfortunately for Oregon, they're, um, their top player, a guy named Steers, who had played for um, for Mare Island the year before, uh, he was knocked unconscious early in the game and, and didn't return. 
so that they kind of struggled uh, without him. He was also, the, as often was the case, he was their kicker as well. Um, and so, you know, the game ends with Harvard, you know, Harvard wins seven to six. Uh, so it was, you know, that was a big deal uh, because um, the, the Eastern or Ivy team had lost in 1916 and 1970. So now Harvard goes out there and uh, shows the rest, you know, shows the rest of the country how it's really done. Right. And they, <laughs> you know, they win the game. Um, you know, so, but, you know, I, I view it as kind of, okay, that it, it was kind of the death knell of, of the Ivy type teams as, you know, being the premier football teams in the country, you know, uh, Columbia ends up in the Rose Bowl in like 34 and I'm missing somebody, but there's, there's another team that, you know, that, that plays in the twenties. Um, but it was kind of a little bit of the, the end of an era, right? I mean, they just, um, there would still be really good teams, you know, here and there. I mean, Cornell had some great teams in the twenties and Princeton had some great teams with Kazmaier and some of those guys, you know, but, um, you know, the, the big 10, the Pacific coast teams, and then in the twenties and thirties, you know, you saw the real rise of, of uh, Southern football, you know, and then be, become, you know, every bit as competitive as anybody else. Right. So it kind of marked a little bit of the end of an era as far as, as far as that's concerned. Sort of the end of them being the, the dominant, uh, you know, East Coast uh, teams, the, the Yales, Penns, and, and Harvards, and Princetons of the world that dominated football uh, so much that first, uh, you know, 40, 50 years of, of football. Yeah. Uh, sort of that era dropping off. Yeah. That's pretty significant. Yeah, pe- you know, people don't think about it, but, you know, or don't realize it, but um, it's actually something I, I mentioned in Field of Friendly Strife, but the, you know, in the, um, Penn was the biggest school in the country when U.S. when the U.S. entered World War One. You know, I mean, you don't really? think of, you don't think of them that way. But no. several of the of the Ivy type schools were among the biggest. Wisconsin was a big school, Michigan was a big school, and Cal was a big school. But a lot of schools were pretty darn small. Um, oh. Oregon only had eight hundred students in nineteen seventeen. So, you know, a lot of these schools were were pretty were small and then the ivies just never really you know they never ramped up you know penn's pretty big but you know you think about the size of some of the the big state schools and those really started growing in the 20s and then especially after world war ii so you know they just the ivies didn't follow that path right and so they didn't have access to the same level of talent um in the non-scholarship areas and all that kind of stuff and so um you know, they just, and then philosophically, there were some things going on too, obviously, but, you know, they just weren't, uh, they just here and there, they'd be competitive because they had some great athletes, but they just never were quite the same. They hmm. lost the dominance that they had had. Huh. Very interesting. Well, all good things must come to an end. And uh, Tim, why don't we take this opportunity to, to share with the listeners uh, where they can get information from your football archaeology site? Yeah, uh, so it's just, you know, go to the site. It's uh, uh, footballarchaeology.com. Um, you, and you can either just, you know, browse through it. There's a search function to, you know, if you're looking for a specific topic, 
Um, you can also subscribe and um, you can subscribe for free or you, there's paid subscriptions, but just if you subscribe for free, you're going to get a, a daily email with my, with a, a tidbit that shows up at seven o'clock Eastern every night in your inbox and uh, a couple of other articles that'll you know pop up uh, in the course of a month as well. Or you can follow me on Twitter, just find football archaeology, not the guy in England who looks at football stadiums over there, the other kind of football, <laughs> but uh, the one with the old look at the helmet and you'll, <laughs> you'll find me. So, you, you know, so follow me on Twitter if that makes you happier. All right. Uh, Tim Brown, historian, author, and uh, becoming quite the podcaster now being on, on shows quite often. So uh, <laughs> we, we appreciate you coming in here and sharing the Rose Bowl history and football history with us once again. So thank you very much, sir. Always a blast. Thank you, sir. And uh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> you too. Peeking up at the clock, the time's running down. We're going to go into victory formation, take a knee, and let this baby run out. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you back tomorrow for the next podcast. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Do you wish you knew more about the 100 seasons of the NFL? You're in luck because you found the Football History Dude podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. From the founding of the league in an auto showroom, all the way to what it is today, America's favorite sport and a behemoth of an industry. My name is Ernie Chapman. Football is my passion, and I want you to come along with me each week to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board, my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.